0: You're listening to Men With Spirit.
1: Join us as we explore what it means to be a modern man and live a spirited life. G'day and uh, welcome to episode 43 of Men With Spirit at Radio Carum. If you're new to the show, our aim is to explore topics, ideas and knowledge to help you become more authentically connected with yourself and others. And integral to this is to live your life according to your values. The show is an extension of the work that Steve and I do with um, our Men with Spirit weekly men's group. My name is Peter Anthony, and I'm here with my co-host Steve Angel. G'day, Steve, and how are you feeling today, mate?
0: Excellent, Peter. Feeling excellent. Another excellent. show, another
1: show under our belt. And, and following how is that? on from
0: the uh, from Victor's thing about the best thing that's happened to you of late, <laughs> oh, there's been lots of things. But I did mention it yesterday in the men's group yeah. um, that I have started piano lessons at yes. the ripe old age of fifty-two. Excellent. How's it going so far? <laughs> You know, one key at a time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very, it's good. Very good. You it's know, good. That, I'm that, excited. That, no, you should be too.
1: That's mm-hmm. great. And you've got uh, a great uh, tutor,
0: I gather. I do. In Aaron Brereton, who actually was one of our guests very early on yes, in the show. I think it was about
1: episode three, mm-hmm. and he played some of his marvellous music, and, mm-hmm. we, and we have been trying to get him back on to do something live. But one of these days we'll do it. Mm-hmm. But he's, uh, he's great fun. Good on you. Yeah, and you've been moving? Yes, yes. In terms of how I'm I'm feeling, you asked me before on the way in, I said um, a a bit stressed and and also excited at the same time. But uh, anyone who's moved of late knows that uh, with all the packing and everything that's involved, it uh, can be a bit stressful. (laughs) But but it's going to be good fun.
0: It is. Change is good, Peter.
1: It is is good, uh, Steve. Um, Now, we're discussing...
0: Co parenting. Do you want to set the yeah. scene on all that? Yeah, it's going to be a great topic. Um, mm. look, when a relationship ends, especially where there's children involved, the issue arises as to how does a couple continue to parent the child in separate households? And how do you ensure it consists in the way the child is raised where there still might be conflict between the parents? We um, wanted to explore this and the challenges of co parenting um, because this has also been a subject that's come up in our men's group. Um, you know, we have a couple of, you know, men who are in this position. co parenting is an issue. Um, and that, that was part of the reason I suppose we wanted to do it
1: because we found that the guys were having to navigate this whole issue of how do you raise your kids when uh, the mother and father um, have got mm. different views on things and, and what's the sort of protocols and how do you do it? So that was certainly part of our thinking, wasn't it?
0: That is. And so we invited a very special guest today. And... Um, she is a celebrant, a spiritual counsellor and a parenting coach. Her name's Marguerite Paul. She's going to come here. She's going to hear and she's going to help us navigate this, uh, the hot topic of co-parenting. So welcome to the show, Marguerite. Thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you, Steve. And thank you, Peter. Absolute privilege to be here. Thank Great you. Great
0: to have you. Yeah. Now let's start off, Marguerite. What is a parenting coach?
2: So a parenting coach is trained in understanding parenting at all ages, and they help you deal with specific situations that arise during parenting. So a coach would work with parents to resolve particular situations, but specifically to help the parent understand the situation from the child's perspective. So by understanding situations from the child's perspective, the parent should be able to better work with their child or their children into the future.
0: Is this a new phenomenon, the idea? Because, you know, you often there's, hear... There's coaches for everything. There, well, there is, and I think it's wonderful um, because you often hear this from all parents. Oh, there's no, there's no handbook when it comes to raising a family or to having children or mm-hmm. raising a family. Mm-hmm. There's no handbook. You're kind of just fluffing it. So this seems like a really progressive idea, Correct. How did you come about doing this and why and, did and, you do it? <laughs> and
1: is there, is there a handbook?
2: Well, it's funny you should ask that, Peter. Um, So, for me, I've always wanted to be a mother, and parenting was something that always intrigued me. I worked a lot with children when I was quite young and had always dreamt of then having my own. And when Sphinx Spiritual ran a spiritual parenting coaching course, I had my hand up. I wanted to, and I did this parent, the initial spiritual parenting course before becoming a mother myself, Mm -hmm. because I could see the value in understanding parenting and also beginning to understand do how I was parented and how that would better set me up to become, hopefully, a parent that changes future generations. Um, I've then gone on to do another course that followed on from the spiritual parenting course, course, which um, enables me not just to coach individual parents, but also groups and to run workshops Sharing the information about spiritual parenting, which is also packaged up in a really great book, mm. um, the Spiritual Parenting book written by Ian and Pearl Rogers, which, in my opinion, is the handbook to go to when it comes to all things parenting.
0: So finally, we have the handbook. There you go, everybody. Yeah,
1: and it's certainly, very comprehensive. I don't think you can think of a topic that isn't covered there somewhere.
2: Correct. And this is the sort of misnomer about parenting in that um, we we've all been parented in some way we often then just repeat the patterns of our parenting and we don't go about setting ourselves to learn and properly understand parenting when we become parents ourselves which then as you mentioned steve leads us to fluffing our way through it and continuing bad patterns
1: it was interesting last night steve at the um, at the men's group we were talking about co-parenting and and a number of the men referenced back to their childhood and their point of reference was how they were brought up. And actually the, the uh, a point of tension between the, the, the husband and the wife was often that they'd been brought up quite differently in different parenting models, and this created the tension. Yes. And uh, absolutely spot on there. It's, it's unlearning mm. that. And uh, I know when I was younger, you know, when I first had kids, I bought all the books that were available at that time, but nothing as uh, powerful as the Parenting spiritual book that you mentioned.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We're, we're focusing today on an element of parenting, which is co-parenting. Can you just sort of define what that is, if anyone's confused by the term?
2: Of course. So a co-parent is sharing the responsibilities of bringing up a child, but this is particularly in reference to parents who are separated or um, aren't in a relationship.
0: hmm Yeah. And this is becoming more commonplace, isn't it? I mean, the, the rates of uh, split families, you know, divorce, we've seen this kind of peak in June COVID period mm-hmm. as well, which, you know, Claire Harvey mentioned yeah. last mm. in the last episode as well. So Yeah, so, so what does this mean for people?
2: Correct. So I guess when you look at the Australian statistics currently in 2021, 48% of all marriages were ending in divorce. And you can, as you can imagine, quite a lot of those have children involved, whether they be young children or adult children. Um, but we are living in a world where split families are much more common. And um, and navigating that is is tricky. It's complex. Mm.
1: You're saying 48% of all marriages end in divorce. Correct. Like within what time frame? Is that over the life of the...
2: Correct. So it could be um, well into when the children have moved out of home. But Forty-eight percent. the The average, I couldn't find anything in Australia, but for the US, the average marriage only lasts around twelve years. Hmm.
0: Wow! Hmm. So it's likely that you will have at least two if you decide to get married again, at least have two marriages within that period of time, maybe three, depending on...
2: Correct. And yes. the uh, the success rate for second-time marriages isn't as good as first-time. <laughs>
0: really, really? It's really quite... You know, there was a comment made yesterday in the group as well about marriages splitting in... Um, 60s, um, you know, which one of the our uh, mm. members is mentioning that around him he's seeing those peers in their in their late mid mid 60s, you know, mm. early 60s are now starting to split as well, and it's very very definite and final. And well, in my case, I
1: I was married for what uh, over 30 years, and and I split. in my 60s so that's something i
2: observe a lot as well Uh, often when the the children have left home the husband and wife uh, you know wife and wife whatever the situation look at each other and kind of go oh now what and uh, if they haven't grown together and continuously grown their relationship they go their separate ways
0: before we we go into a little bit more into the co-parenting i just want to discuss the the children for a moment because i think this is sort of an area that we is often overlooked and the parents are often just thinking about themselves what's happening for them and the children are sort of a, a, an afterthought what is generally from your experience and your understanding and your your teaching what is happening for a child in the state of parents before they split and then after they split? What's going on for them emotionally and mentally?
2: Sure. So I guess uh, if we backtrack a little bit, one of the fundamental teachings in spiritual parenting is that we're parenting for the child, not parenting for the parent. Too often parents are working at what's convenient for them without taking into consideration the child's needs. Mm -hmm. So if we keep that at the forefront of our mind, that we're parenting for the child, when... um, there becomes a situation and a family splits and, and parents separate, children are greatly impacted because so often they aren't taken into consideration. They haven't the parents haven't discussed with them the breakdown of the relationship. They haven't asked for the children's opinion or their views and how they think they could, you know, best move forward as a family unit or separate family unit. And so they feel unconsidered, they don't feel heard, they don't feel understood, they often feel rejected, they feel a lot of hurts and pains as a result of not being considered and not having their views valued in that situation. At the end of the day, if the relationship's not working, ultimately the parents may still choose to split up regardless of what the children want. But there needs to be more discussion with the children about what's happening and why.
0: It seems like a radical idea, <laughs> doesn't it? Mm. Involving the children in the the process of the split, in the uh, the breakdown and asking for their opinion and, and their thoughts on it, um, whether that would sway the, par- the parents, whether they stay together or not, is kind of irrelevant, isn't it? Okay. What you're saying is you're part of this family, it's breaking apart, how do you feel about it?
1: They're, okay. they're invested in it and, and it's giving them the respect they... Deserve mm. to say, look, you're a part of this family. You deserve to have your views taken into account mm. or at least have the opportunity to express them.
2: Mm. And obviously that's going to be age appropriate um, with what sort of dialogue you mm. use depending on how old the children are. But regardless of their age, discussions still need to be had with them.
0: Mm. Yeah. Now, Margaret, you're a single mother. Um, so what's been your experience with um, co-parenting and you know, the breakdown of your relationship?
2: Sure. So um, for me, I've always strived to have a big love relationship and and that's what I want a role model to my daughter. And when I felt that the relationship that I was in with her father wasn't going in the direction I had hoped, I obviously sought help to try and see if we could Um, keep moving together in a forward direction and when it got to a point in time when I felt that that wasn't the case um, we agreed that we would go our separate ways. Uh, At the time my daughter wasn't quite one so she was obviously very young still um, but we did what we could to support her in that process and to consider her needs and what would be best for her with in terms of how we separated and, and the time that she would spend in both homes. Um, so, it, you know, it's unknown territory when you're navigating it for the first time. And um, I personally didn't want to become a single parent, but that was the direction my life took. So for me, I'm a big believer in we have whatever we need to cope with any situation that we're going to face in life. And I also believe our children are fully equipped to deal with the situations that they're going to face in their life. So I kept coming back to the trust that everything happens for a reason and that, I would be okay and that my daughter would be okay and we would navigate this together. But it was having a lot of conversations with the ex partner around um what our views were, what our what we wanted moving forward. I guess though my biggest advice would be to seek out help from a professional. So Mm -hmm. whether that be a lawyer, someone that specialises in in family law um, to understand what your rights are from the get-go so that you know where you stand because I didn't have any of that information when we chose to separate And, um, and thankfully I did have a close friend who had been through her own separation about four or five years prior and she was a great wealth of knowledge. So educate yourself find out the information you need to know to know what your rights are but then the next thing I would always suggest and what helped me immensely was documenting everything so having everything written down when you were having exchanges how they went any changes in times any delays any communication issues that type of thing documenting everything because if it does go down the track where you end up in um, the law of court to to work out um rights with regard to your children just having everything documented you're
1: not saying to do that to be belligerent it's just being sensible in terms of um having the facts and figures there correct understanding your rights and then documenting it correct Um, so it's not going in with the intent that we're going to have a fight it's just not at all
2: Not at all. I think it's a highly emotional time for everyone involved and a lot can be done and said emotively. Mm. So to keep your wits about you and to keep your your sort of head screwed on in a sense, to document and to have a reference and a record of everything, um, the first step generally with the separation which involves children is mediation. Mm -hmm. So and if you can come up with a parenting plan that you both agree on at that point, you can often avoid going down through the court system, which is generally preferable and, and financially can be quite onerous. So um but by documenting everything and certainly for a period of time until things settle and you find your groove in that new family dynamic with two households. Um, that was something that was recommended to me and I didn't take lightly and I would highly recommend to others if they find themselves in that position.
1: Mm-hmm. So the parenting plan, um, is this a legal document or is it something you negotiate between the two of you? How, how detailed does it does this sort of parenting plan can be get? as
2: detailed as you like. You negotiate it between the two parents in the presence of a mediator. Mm-hmm. It is not a legally binding document, but it is a reference as to what you both agreed upon at a point in time that you would use as a source to go back to should there be any issues, at which time if you can't resolve, then you would go back to the mediator and then potentially. Again, look down that sort of okay. law so, court.
1: So it's got mutual expectations, and what you agreed at the point is Correct. that reviewed from time to time, or what?
2: It technically isn't. Again, I would recommend that it is. Like anything, um, a relationship, a split relationship with children involved needs change. So I would say an annual review would be recommended it's not something that people often do Um, they often don't review it until another problem arises but it is worthwhile going back over to make sure you're on the same page but children's needs change as Mm. they age Mm.
1: so you could have in the parenting plan as the last point that this plan is to be renewed uh, and reviewed on a regular basis. and my
2: parenting plan has been reviewed and we've re-signed it and initialed it with, with changes that have been made good yeah
1: So that's all at the start of, uh, if you like, of this uh, situation. What other uh, common issues uh, of co-parenting have you uh, you encountered yourself or found with your clients
2: along the way? Common issues are just not agreeing on things. So often um, when a split happens, adults are hurt and they will set about to take their hurt out on the other parent, on their ex-partner. So um, there's a lot of anger involved. There's a lot of feelings of unfairness. And this can lead to irrational decisions, things that they say. And as I said, they they try and generally hurt the other. So from a co-parenting perspective, if you want to move forward on the same page, it's coming to agree and find common ground with I have been taught two particular areas, that being education and health. They are the two areas that you need to find and agree on what is for the best interest of the child and to keep in mind the child first and foremost. It's not about you. It's not about what you need and what you want. It's about what the child needs and wants and to always have that at the front of the mind because too often parents take, thing per, take, take things personally or they try to play the child off against the other parent to, mm-hmm. to get favor, yeah. yep. favouritism and um, and this is just a recipe for disaster.
1: So what what happens when the um, the parents, with all the best intent, have quite different views around you know uh, an issue to do with health or education? Uh, health has been a, a good one in recent times. But what happens when you you face with a situation? I believe it should be done this way, mm. and the other parent says, No, I believe it should be done this way.
2: Mm. So it's having those discussions taking the time to speak with the other parent, to express why you believe that and to present the evidence for that as well. You know, it's one thing to say, this is what I believe or this is what I want, but why and why is that for the best interest of the child? Ultimately, there are going to be things that you can't agree on. And again, coming back to the best interest of the child and putting them first and and foremost, you should be able to compromise and find some common ground. If you can't, obviously there's that mediation and, and more formal route. But to avoid that, taking yeah, taking that child's consideration first.
1: But you could have a situation where the other person says, well, you know, just in recent times, you know, the, the, the vaccination mm. issue, for example, that, you know, they have quite a different view and they'll follow through on that and doesn't matter what you think about it.
2: Correct. And that happens. And I I certainly know families that have split under those circumstances with extreme different beliefs when it comes to the health care of the child to Mm -hmm. vaccinate, to not vaccinate. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is challenging, and it's certainly challenging in our health care system today. Get the support you need do your research, find your facts, present those to the other partner, but understand at the end of the day there's going to be compromise and you're not always going to get your own way so long as the children's needs come first. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think that's it's interesting, isn't it, by focusing on the needs of the child and in those two specific areas which are fundamental to the growth of the child, you're kind of bringing the attention away from your own needs your desires or you just your own hurts and saying okay this is the focus here so it's a nice shift of perspective as long as you've got two parents who are willing to you know come to the table and and not want to be antagonistic with one another but I think that's a nice a nice approach to go okay this is what we're talking about here and it's not just what I want it's this is the reason why this is a good thing for the child yeah Correct. Yep. yeah um what else do you find is it mainly just a difference of opinion or on how to raise a child is that the most common issues with co- uh, co-parenting
2: yeah yeah. Yep. Yeah. They um one parent thinks they know what's better and they want it a certain way. Or back to your example earlier, Peter, with what you shared with the men's group, this was how I was parented and this is and I turned out okay. So this is how I want my child to be parented. Taking that out of the way, you know, it's not about you, it's about the child. And so often how we were parented isn't the best way for our child to be parented. So we really need to do the work at understanding our parenting patterns and behaviours and going about accepting that they're not necessarily what's right moving forward.
0: Margaret, can this really apply, or what we're talking about can really apply to just to an existing relationship too Correct. because it's not uncommon for there to be certain areas within um, the, the upbringing of a child where the parents could have a difference of opinion as to how that child, whether it be, you know, whether a child needs to work for their pocket money to, to do chores in order to earn to pocket money rather than just be given. I mean, that's that could be a, an issue of difference of opinion. And so this really can be applied if you're still in a relationship, right? Correct, 100%.
2: Yeah. And back to the, the, the point of parenting spiritually i in the ideal world you would be working with a parent coach before you even conceive mm-hmm. your first child to make sure that as potential you know wanting to become parents that you're on the same page with all of these major topics in particular so that when those times come and they arise you've already had the discussions around how you would deal with certain situations and you're united on that front Mm-hmm. You're working together for the benefit of the child. But it, there's too much. We wait until we become parents and learn and the hard way or on the job, so to speak, rather than understanding the importance of parenting as a role and putting in more time and energy to become the best parents we are, even before we're parents. Mm-hmm. Can I just
1: explore that a little bit further, the idea of having a parenting coach, if you like, before you become parents and do you actually have um, topics or questions to lead the discussion and then there's a a, an agreement reached at that point we do have a very clear idea of why you're doing this and how you're going to jointly parent
2: correct yeah there are specific questions that we would ask as a coach Mm -hmm. to potential parents um i actually went through those questions when i became pregnant with my partner at the time to make sure we discussed a wide range of issues, possibilities to work out, You know what we were and weren't on the same page about and and thankfully we were very much on the same page with a lot of those topics and and were able to flesh them out and and better understand so that then again when situations arise in regard to health if we use that as the example that was brought up before um, we were already on that same page so it wasn't a uh, a topic of yeah. contention at that time, this, yeah. and that works for parents that are together, like you yeah. said, Steve, or parents that have split. You you know where the other parent stands.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think that I, I want to ask you a question about step parenting because now it very you know it's it's more likely that once you know parents have split, at some point they're going to introduce another partner into their into their lives. How how does this all play out, especially with co parenting? What are the most what are the, the problems that you see there and what are the most common downfalls that happen when you introduce a new partner into your life and you're still co parenting with your previous ex?
2: Sure. So if we go back to what we were talking about before and a family unit has broken down Two parents have decided to separate and they've rarely had the discussions with the children or child involved about their decisions and why they've arisen, let alone given that child any opportunity to express and voice their opinion and what they would like in that scenario. So you've automatically got a child that feels hurt, that doesn't feel heard and understood like I talked about before. And that's going to bring about some health issues for the child. They'll often have abdominal issues, reflux, anxiety. They'll express – they'll have – they'll be feeling rejected and they, they don't want a split family. They don't want to be having two households. The parents are going to try and sell that as a, a bonus. You know, you get two of this and that and, and it's going to be so much fun. But that's not what they want. So we have to understand the child doesn't want this situation at all. They're not happy. But – the parents go their separate ways and they start understanding that they get one-on-one time with that parent or, you know, with the parent and their siblings. So they start to feel some of the joy in that and they're getting a bit more attention. They may be getting a few more treats, that type of thing, because the parents coming out of some of that hurt and the frustrations and restrictions they felt within the marriage or the relationship and now they're exploring more freedoms with their child. So there's this upliftment period. And then the parent goes, hmm, now I'm in need of something else. And they go to seek out another relationship. At which point they then bring that new person into their child or children's world and, and they're excited to introduce this new person to them because they're feeling all those, you know, beautiful love feelings and and um and the child they're thinking the child's gonna be excited about this new person just as they're excited to have this person in their life. And the child's going, what? I don't want someone else in our life. Mm -hmm. I just had you to myself. Now this other person's going to come and take more time that we had together away from us. Mm -hmm. Enter an even bigger issue. The child doesn't want this. They feel even further rejected. They feel even more hurt. This is definitely not what they signed up for. And if we add that that potential new step-parent in their life has children as well, Mm -hmm. well, you've got competition involved, you've got a whole lot of more unfairness that that child's feeling. It's just this big explosion in their world, again, that they did not want, that they have generally never had any consideration or or opportunity to express their feelings on the matter. And they're spiralling by this stage. So often parents not maybe in my world maybe not so generally they might seek out some counseling advice that type of thing if they've separated but how often do we get help for the children how mm. often do we have them speaking to a professional or a grandparent or an important person in their life where they can openly express their frustrations and what they're feeling at the time of the separation or when a step parent comes in and and families are starting to then you know recombine in in new um, units. Mm.
1: So, so with a step parent following through on that theme, uh, what's their role in co-parenting? Do they have a role?
2: Initially no. So again, often a step parent comes in and they like to take the reins or they think they know better, and they might have completely different values to the to the the other parent that mm. they've now formed a relationship with. How much time do those two adults spend discussing their parenting styles, their values as a unit? that needs to be fleshed out well before that relationship becomes established. Because if you're not on the same page from a parenting model, again, it's going to be another recipe for disaster. So the parent needs to acknowledge and express to the other parent that, the other partner, I should say in the relationship, be it a parent or not, but the potential step-parent that their child comes first and foremost because that's how it should be. The child needs to come first and foremost moving forward and if another partner comes into the situation, then it takes time to develop that new family unit if it even gets to that point. So, And when I say time, I'm talking years. People mm-hmm. can go, you know, meet my new partner. This is going to be wonderful. They have a couple of kids. We're going to move in together. It's going to be one big happy family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it takes years to develop the, the trust and the relationship and build those bonds with all parties concerned. So whilst a step-parent might come into a, a family scenario and have, you know, stepchildren, they're really just an advisor in those early years. They're there to understand the children, to understand what their needs are, to even sit down with the children and go, what do you expect from me? As mm-hmm. your step-parent, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what do you expect from me? Because too often we, as a step-parent, might try, again, to buy their love, to spoil them, to, to do things to get them to like us. We need to, to build a relationship based on trust that's authentic, and that takes time.
0: Mm. So maybe giving them the title of step-parent way too early is the wrong
2: thing. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You're an advisor and you're there, you know, and and split families and then, you know, the formation of new families, they can work, but it takes time. And it's a lot of talking, not just with the other adult, but with the children to understand what their needs and wants are.
1: And it's going through different phases because obviously when there's the first introduction, and we've had men in the group that have talked about, you know, introducing the the, their, uh, you know, the love of their life to their, their children and just navigating that, and then going through it, it does take time to build that up. You've made you've made reference to um, grandparents or um, aunts uncles that, mm. that are in part of the bigger family, if you like. What's what's there? And in, in, given you've got co-parenting, what's the role of the grandparents in this situation? In terms of uh, is you were saying they were potentially a trusted advisor the child could go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they fit into the scheme of things when it comes to co-parenting?
2: Definitely. Grandparents have a very special role and they don't feel the responsibility and the heaviness of parenting, but they can bring a lot of joy, upliftment and be a confidant to a child or to their grandchild or grandchildren. So if you have a grandparent that is wanting to be actively involved and I encourage all grandparents, you know, again, it's such a special time and such a special bond that they can build. And often you speak with adults and their memories, some of their strongest memories as a child was spending time with a certain grandparent in particular usually where they learnt a lot or they felt they could just be themselves. Mm -hmm. You hear that so often. So the role of a grandparent in particular is important across the board but in a scenario where you've got a split family and you're working with co-parents and potential new step-parents and step-siblings, a grandparent can be that nice impartial person to bounce ideas off of and feelings with that child and what they're experiencing to understand for that child to be heard for them to really yeah share what's going on for them because too often they don't get to voice that Mm. and that's what fuels the hurts that they're paying so it's a
1: a potential resource that can to the family, mm. and uh, they should be used if, if it's appropriate. Definitely. And not just for
0: babysitting duties.
1: No, but, <laughs> but it's interesting. The babysitting side of things can give opportunities for having that interaction and that support and of opportunities course. for the child to um, confide in the grandparent and so on.
2: Of course. And if grandparents, I'll just add, Peter, if grandparents aren't around or they, they live a long way away, it's still important to find a grandparent figure or someone, an auntie or uncle role to have that advisory, um, not so much advisory, but to, to be that impartial person mm. with the child, to be good. another point of reference for them, yeah. yeah. Mm. Good. Look,
1: um, Margarita, as you know, we, uh, we do like to play a bit of music on the show and you've chosen a couple of songs to give us a better idea of... Um, uh, what's important to you, and, um, and and you've chosen two bits of music. Um, the first is I won't even try to pronounce it. So, why is what's the song and what's the artist, and why is it important to you?
2: You're going to make me try <laughs> 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 <Just no>. absolutely. <laughs> Ludovicio. I don't know how to say it either. Is a um, a beautiful pianist. I heard this song playing at the end of a film called the Intouchables* that i watched years ago yeah. and as the credits were rolling this song was playing and i had tears streaming down my face because of the feeling it brought to me and uh he moved me as a pianist and an artist and i went on to sort of seek out who he was and listen to a lot of his music now but this was the song that made a big impact on me and for me music is about the feeling that it brings so great
1: let's hear it now
0: Hi, everybody. This is Witt from Spiderbait.
1: When I'm passing through Karam, aside from slowing down to 50 kilometres an hour
0: and reminiscing about doing the Ill Race Road rumba or the Whatley Street wiggle, I like to tune in to Radio Karam and get down with the good vibes. Hello and welcome back and you're listening to Men with Spirit on Radio Karen with me Steve Angel and my co-host Peter Anthony and today our guest is parenting coach Marguerite Poole and we have been talking about co-parenting now Before we we, uh, return back to Marguerite and we want to talk a little bit more about spiritual parenting, which is what you specialise in, Marguerite. Betty, you've got a quote you want to share?
1: I have, Steve. Um, A source of wisdom we often refer to on the show is the blog site, The Wisdom of Crazy Horse. And this is a quote from September 2018 that is very apt to what we're discussing today. And the topic uh, he's uh, talking about is children going from family to family. And he says, Sharing a child equally between two parents who are no longer living together does not work well. No child is parented equally when the parents live together. So how can they when they are apart? In a world full of hurt, retribution and financial responsibility better solutions are difficult to enact. In order to make it work for the child, they have to look forward to the exchange of parents and feel excited about going to be with the other one. Both parents have a role in making this happen. If the point of exchange is exciting and equally encouraged by both parents, the likelihood of the time spent with the other parent being uplifting will be increased.
0: There we are. Thank you. Marguerite. Oh, great. Let's talk about the children for a second. Um, and from a spiritual parenting coach, can you just discuss what that, what you're focusing on?
2: Mm. So the children in a split family scenario often feel that they are responsible for the breakdown of their parents' relationship. So they take on a lot of that, again, hurt and those feelings and the parents need to really take time to explain to the children or the child involved that the relationship didn't break down because of them, Mm -hmm. to give that child a, a secure sense and to feel safer again. Um, so, because of the the yeah that feeling that that child gets, um, again the the parents are usually so consumed about how they're feeling and what's going on for them that they don't take this into consideration.
0: And is it also in when we, th- we go back to what you said earlier, not in- including or involving the children in? what's happening and getting their opinions and their thoughts and, and how they're feeling if that was part of the process would that feeling of um, you know they're, they're responsible would that be diminished I would assume
2: definitely yeah? definitely the children they don't want to be feeling the anger they don't want to be feeling that turmoil that's going on between their parents so they set about to try and please and appease their parent they want to they want to feel more important they don't want that that, that hurt that anger um and, and this is something we don't want. We don't want them trying to keep the peace or to, you know, they, they shouldn't feel responsible for their parents' emotional state. Mm. The parents need to sort themselves out and, again, come back to putting the child's needs first.
0: How, how adaptable are children?
2: Children are very adaptable. This is another important point. Um, so too often we fear that children won't cope with two homes, that it's going to be hard for them if they are given the supports and the encouragement. And back to the quote that you shared, Peter, if they are, um, if the excitement is built up by the other parent of the time that they will have when they're at the other home, they're able to adapt. They're able to understand different values. They're able to understand different dynamics and expectations in different households. They do this at school. They go from being at home where there are a certain set of rules and values and expectations to going to school five days a week where there are a different set of rules and expectations often. And they're able to adapt to that. So we do give too little um, notion to the fact that children are adaptable. They are able to to bring what they need to uh, in different scenarios and situations, but...
1: I was going to say, earlier on, you uh, you mentioned about uh, children don't want a, a split family situation, which is absolutely, in most cases, be absolutely correct. But once you've got that split co-parenting situation... Um, the, the quote from Crowsy was is basically saying, look, let's make it an exciting thing, and and both jo- both jointly try to get the um, a changeover as an opportunity for upliftment and that sort of thing. So, Correct. so they are adaptable. In a, it takes the parents to work with the, the children to bring about that. Uh, Um, transition to a more harmonious sort of co-parenting arrangement.
2: Correct and the sooner the parents can put aside their own hurts and just focus on having a great time with their, their child or their children when they have them the better it is for everyone involved. Enjoy Mm -hmm. the time with them. you know. Spend the quality time. Get to know your child. Ask their opinion. Ask their values. Get to know what they're feeling and what's going on in their world. And don't concern yourself with what's happening at the other house. What happens at the other house happens at the other house. You don't have any control over that. Mm -hmm. You need to come together, which I mentioned earlier, and be on the same page when it comes to their health and their education. Anything else isn't your business. So don't worry about it. Put, you know, the needs of your child and what's going on for them when they're with you first and foremost. And then what happens at the other house happens there. What?
0: How does spiritual parenting or coaching in, in this particular instance um, differ from, say, conventional parenting or the idea of conventional parenting?
2: Sure. So there's a few different um, things that we can cover here. In regard to spiritual parenting and coaching as a – Post to more conventional coaching um, parenting in the conventional sense is often a lot more of an instructional model you know do as I say not necessarily do as I do this is how I was parented this is what you need to do there's a lot more direction telling um, control for you know I don't necessarily like that but parents think they know best and that their children should do as they say Whereas from a spiritual perspective, there's a belief that we have multiple lives, so that we have past lives and in that we don't know how many past lives and how evolved each person is. One person might have had 10 past lives, another 30, which means that you could have a child that's actually lived more lives than you have as a parent, meaning that they have more knowledge and a higher evolution than you do as a parent, in which case they're not going to want to listen to what you have to say. Just because you've been on earth longer this time around and might have a little bit more knowledge of the day-to-day things this time around, it doesn't mean that you know more overall than your child. Parents need to get rid of this misnomer that they know best, that they know better, and start to open themselves up to the possibility of learning from their children. Mm-hmm. We're equal with our children. We're the same as them. We're on, you know, there's not this competition. We're not better than them. So by taking this consideration that a child actually might be more evolved, that there might be lots that you need to learn from your child, which is actually often the case, and, um, and seeing them on that same level as you can really set up a nice foundation for a respectful relationship well into adulthood. And we talk a lot in, a, in the spiritual parenting model about choice. Teaching your children that they have choices, that there are good choices and bad choices. And if they make a choice that isn't so good, that there are consequences for making that choice. But at the end of the day, allowing them to make those choices because they need to learn to be independent and to be their own people. And often they do know what is best. And we set about trying to overpower them in so many ways Mm -hmm that then I see a lot of adults trying to undo their childhood Mm -hmm. when we just need to let our children be themselves.
0: I think that's an interesting point there that you raise about raising them to be independent, which I think is contrary to how most parents uh, are raising their children, that they make them very reliant upon them, um, almost fearful about them, um, and really worrying about their parents' needs rather than their own. And so what you're saying is with this model is that we really want to raise them to be independent by making their own choices very early on. So as they grow older, they have this sort of greater sense of, not only independence, but self-belief and self-esteem and...
2: So it's independence emotionally, validating their emotions, helping them articulate and understand what they're feeling and why. Mm. And when they have that, they will. They'll build a greater sense of self-belief. They'll have a a greater understanding of who they are Mm -hmm. and what makes them them and what their values are. And they're going to be less coerced and influenced by others around them as they grow into a a young adult.
0: Mm. It's like...
1: Can I ask... Um, no. no yes, <laughs> what yes. What is the work you do, Marguerite, to um, help parents co-parent better? What, what do you do to help them do their job better?
2: It's helping them understand that They just need to get on with parenting, but putting the child's needs first. So, less concern about what the other parent is doing, less blame game, less he he said, she said. There's too much finger pointing, there's too much animosity. Um, What I see in a lot of split families is you have this anger and hurt that carries through for years years Mm -hmm. and years and years you know the separation might have happened three four five six years earlier yet parents can still hang on to this resentment that they hold to the other parent parents need to get rid of that do their own work and you know seek their help with usually through a counselor which is what I recommend but from a parenting coach perspective it's about the child and what the child's needs are and we've got lots of different tools and tips to different ages and stages that children often go through and different scenarios that you may face as a parent to help them feel better equipped to work with their child understand what their child's needs are and to to move forward in a positive direction with those needs first and foremost in the front of their mind
1: it's, it sounds to me having a, a parenting coach involved in uh, in your parenting would be a very good thing <laughs> yes i think it's the sort of thing i think everyone every parent should
0: do. I think so I think it's that third party that's Mm. coming in with with specific knowledge but also just being that reference point to say I don't know what I'm doing which I think is the you know that's quite a liberating Mm. thing if someone says I really don't know what I'm doing here Mm -hmm. and so if you are you're going to wing it or you're going to go back to past behaviours the way that you were raised Mm -hmm. and you're going to use that as a model because that's the only thing you really know. Mm. So yeah I'm, I'm
2: the first to admit I've do things that aren't great as a parent. I, know, I make mistakes. I'm not perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I try to learn. I try to be better. I try to have those conversations with my daughter. I apologize to her when an apology is needed, mm-hmm. if I've treated her poorly or I've taken something out of her when it's nothing to do with her. And we have those conversations. We talk a lot about feelings. But I think the other thing to to really share as is the importance as a parent. You're not here to dictate control and tell your child. You're here to guide them. Mm-hmm. Let them be themselves. Let them grow into the person they're supposed to be. We're merely here as a guide.
0: hmm Yeah. Now, you're actually um, going to run one of these workshops coming up, I believe, on uh, June 6th. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit more about that, what people can expect if they want to join?
2: Yes, so I'm doing an online Zoom workshop uh, Tuesday evening, 7.30 till 9pm. It'll be run for three consecutive Tuesdays, June the 6th, as you said, 13th and 20th. Um, What I'm doing here is talking about parenting spiritually so to help parents understand what it means to be a spiritual parent we'll go through the the choice model um we'll talk about some of the different ages and stages and it's a great opportunity for parents to ask questions that are specific to them what's going on for them at that time and for me to you know share what We've been what I've been taught around how to best overcome those situations, putting the child's needs first. Mm-hmm. So
1: it's going to be interactive. so if Definitely. they've got particular practical issues, you can give some practical guidance. And how long does each session go for over so the three weeks?
2: An hour and a half is each session, so you've mm-hmm. got um, what's that? Five and a half hours um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. over the three weeks, and there'll be some content sharing of content. the um, The spiritual parenting book is included in the cost of the course, so each parent will receive that on the second week. I don't give it too early because then they get you know <laughs> excited and reading through it. We will be sharing some of the content just to get those broader concepts understood of what it means to be a spiritual parent. And then, yes, it gives the the parents the opportunity to ask questions specific to them, and we definitely delve into that step parenting, co parenting realm as well because. Mm-hmm. It's such a common...
1: Mm. And we'll have links to that uh, course mm-hmm. um, on, on the Facebook yeah. post uh, for that. What, um, what else do you do besides the parenting coaching um, because you have a, wear a few hats. You're a very interesting person, Margaret.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Peter. I'm a spiritual counsellor as well mm-hmm. um, and I'm a celebrant. So I do weddings and funerals, but particularly funerals is what I really actually get a lot of um, privilege and honour. I really enjoy doing funerals and holding space for families at that special time. So that's my other Hat yeah, and you're
1: you know you're a relatively young person to be doing that sort of work and yes. you you I believe from the feedback that you do it extremely well so I can see how you. would You'd touch a lot of people with um, the sort of work that you do in that space.
2: Thank you. It's. um, I just think I love studying. I'm a a student of life, and everything I've learnt and knowledge that I've acquired over the years. You know, different strengths you can bring to different roles. So um, I'm really grateful to be able to to help families in those at those times. Mm.
0: Good, wonderful. Thank you for joining us. I thank you for sharing this topic. I think it's a, a really important topic and um, one that I think could fundamentally change the way that people are actually living and, and sort of future generations. If you can start to focus on the needs of the child and giving them choice, as you said, and, and raise independent children,
2: mm.
0: I mean, how wonderful would that be? Mm, absolutely. Mm. Yeah.
1: And well, probably. Uh, we'll, as well as the link to uh, the information on the course, we might include uh, about how to get the copy of the book perhaps if people uh, can't do the course but they'd like to learn more about parenting spiritually.
0: Yeah. Is there anything you wanted to add before we uh, wrap it all up, Margaret?
2: No, that sounds great. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come today and to chat with you both. It's something I'm passionate about, parenting, and um, I think, yeah, if someone's taken something from today, then that's fantastic.
1: Great. Thank thanks you. For, thanks for joining us. Just a, a few things just to wrap up. Um, information and links about our shows are available from the uh, Radio Karam website, which is radiocaram.org, or via our Facebook page. And uh, our shows are also available on all the major podcast platforms within a day or so of broadcasting. If you want to attend any of our Men with Spirit gatherings, event details including how to register are also on our Men with Spirit Facebook page which is at Men with Spirit. Locally we meet in Frankston. Usually every Monday evening we are committed to helping men grow. Reach out and see if we have a place for you or a man in your life you care about. And you can email us at connect at menwithspirit.com.au. Now, the work of Radio Carom, including our show, wouldn't be possible without the generous support of the Radio Carom sponsors, which include Freddie's Kitchen, Atticus Health, Seaford North IGA, Mitchell Tour, uh, Real Estate and Tad Cabinets. Right, now we've got one final piece of music, uh, Marguerite. Would you like to uh, explain why you've chosen Knocking on Heaven's Door as a song that means a lot to you?
2: Thank you, Peter. Yes, um, as a funeral celebrant, I'm often in that realm of death and definitely believe that life is short, that we need to make the most of it. And it's that reminder of, yeah... Don't don't stop living. Make the most of your life. Look forward. Stay positive, uplifted, and um, and keep growing and evolving. So it's a it's a nice reminder that we're all mortal at the end of the day.
1: Okay, that's uh, an excellent way to finish the show. Just a couple of things. We'll include in the Facebook post, post a uh, Spotify music playlist for this episode, episode forty three. And could I also mention last night at the men's group we uh, shared a or we shared a link to um, a compilation of all the music from our men's group and the radio shows of people of songs that people um, have been touched by and they've been generous enough to share those songs mm. with us as you're doing today, Marguerite. And we've got a, a playlist called uh, "Men with Spirit" nominated music, which you can find on Spotify, and that's. Uh, Well, one of the guys said last night he listened to it and he said it was really inspiring and got a lot out of it and shared it with other people. And uh, so thank you for sharing your music and thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. And let's listen to Knocking on Heaven's Door.
2: Hello, my name is Océane, I come from Martinia and you are listening to Radio (laughs) Carom.